Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Walking on Stockton Street. And like most streets in Chinatown, this street is super busy. And above the markets are apartments. And you can actually see laundry hanging outside the windows of most of the apartment buildings that are on top of these markets. But then you come up to 1350 Stockton Street and you do not see any laundry hanging outside of windows. Laundry hanging out of windows is so common in San Francisco's Chinatown. But at one apartment building, tenants are being fined if they do it. This is happening in an endangered kind of housing, single room occupancy, or SRO. And it's kind of crazy to think that they're just like eight by 10. That's just like 80 square feet of living space. Chinatown renters have now filed a lawsuit against their landlord, saying they're being harassed. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Uh, so, so we're standing, I think, pretty much in the middle of Chinatown. Is that is that correct? This um, building, thirteen fifty Stockton Street, is at the intersection of the Financial District, North Beach, and Chinatown. Jessamine Edra is an attorney with Advancing Justice Asian Law Caucus, and I met her in Chinatown in front of this three-story beige-colored building. Uh, thirteen fifty Stockton. What's inside this building? There are 100 units, um, which means that there is more than 100 people living there. Most of the tenants are elderly, um, low-income Chinese immigrants. So we're looking at an SRO unit, single room occupancy. We can't really see too much inside, uh, but what we know is that these units are roughly 8 by 10, which is just 80 square feet, super small residential units. Who owns this building right here? Uh, this building is owned by Valsoc Ventures LLC, and they've owned this building since 2000. For many years, there were no issues. Valsoc Ventures LLC totally understood who their tenants were. Their tenants were these Chinese immigrants. They had a Cantonese-speaking resident manager. They negotiated leases in Cantonese or Mandarin. Things were very simple and straightforward. The tenants were permitted to hang laundry outside of their window. These are practices that are important for low-income tenants, but they're also cultural practices for this population. Then trouble started in um, November 2016, the fall of 2016. We started hearing complaints that now they're being fined $200 for hanging their laundry outside. Tenants were being threatened to be fined $200 for leaving toys out in the common area. If you pay rent late, it's $50, $30 if they're locked out of their room. Fines are excessive. Tenants are really scared. They're getting these new English-only leases. They've redone the cameras or added new cameras. 38 cameras in the building. 
Valstock has its kitchen cleaning hours for the third floor um, from 11 to noon, Monday through Friday. Tenants will sometimes try to enter during, you know, 1130, right? And that's a time when you'd want to prepare lunch. Valsoc's response to that was to post notices that say you're causing a nuisance, here's the legal definition of nuisance, and attaching photos that show the tenants entering. And so when you think about why do we have two cameras in the kitchen except to show the tenants Valsoc is watching, we are waiting for you to make a mistake. When you make a mistake, we will punish you with a $200 fine, with legal action, and all of that is, is really intimidating. At the end of November, we did a rally in front of the building. For them, you know, the signs that were, they were holding said, Chinatown is my home. Uh, today we have over 100 people here. Why we're here is because we want the owners and management companies to stop bullying our tenants. One of the tenants in the building um, who has since moved on to senior housing. A representative from uh, living in 1350 Stockton, he will talk about uh, his bullying um, experience from this building. They had never felt so disrespected before. So hi everyone, my name is Mr. Wong. I'm a tenant at 1350 Stockton. Today I'm here to represent the tenants and express our unhappiness with this property management company. For him, he knew for a long time like what the relationship was like before. You know, when there were rule changes, the property manager would, would sometimes even hold meetings with the tenants to talk through them, right? And now suddenly they're getting these intimidating English-only notices posted on the door. They can't understand them. They know it's something scary because the only line that's translated is attention. You know, if you do not understand, contact an attorney. So we get these new notices from time to time posted on our door, no translation, tells us if we don't know what it's about, find an attorney. That's the only part that's in Chinese. We tried um, after the rally in November to reach out to Valsoc and again in December um, to try to meet with them and we received no response from them. We don't understand the change in property management practices. Like, this isn't the case where someone new has bought the building who completely lacks the ability to communicate with their tenants. This is the same ownership. We know from the tenants that they do have employees in their property management company that speak Cantonese, um, but they're refusing now. Is there anything that makes you believe that they want a different demographic or that they want different tenants in this building? Yeah, the ads for these vacancies mostly online um, and on their website and they specifically advertise to, um, you know, I think the tagline is like, this unit is a perfect size for a student or professional who wants to experience the hustle and bustle of the real San Francisco. You know, advertised as great dorm style living. Um, what does dorm style living say to you? <laughs> dorm style living for me um, says again is about attracting 
um, students and professionals, um, people who are generally higher income, people may be involved with the tech industry, um, and that's just very different from the community who lives there now. Is this a common story around San Francisco Chinatown? Because I've heard of two other instances where SRO, single room occupancy buildings, were having issues like this. Yeah, SROs are the last, one of the last sources of affordable housing. Um, and Chinatown um, uh, still has a high concentration of SROs. And so it's, um, it's a place where a lot of money can be can be made and we i think we've we've seen those pressures come to a head um recently yeah okay well thank you very much for meeting us here appreciate it yeah thank you Devin, for for coming out here we walk a few steps to the valstock management group which is on the bottom floor of the building can we just walk in it's locked all right well this is the valstock management office doesn't look like we can get in a man standing next to us with a check seems frustrated that the door is locked. He bangs his knuckle against the glass window, says something under his breath, and then walks off. This gentleman's not pleased that they're closed. We didn't hear back from Valstock when we requested comment for the story. But when you go to the apartment listing for 1350 Stockton Street on Valstock's website, it says the property is in North Beach, not Chinatown. And I get it. When I first lived in San Francisco, I was told to look for housing in North Beach. It's one of those desirable neighborhoods with a lot of cafes and restaurants and a lot of stuff to do. It's a big draw for young people living in the city. In fact, Valstock's listing says the 80-square-foot room is the perfect size for a student or professional who wants to experience the hustle and bustle of real San Francisco living. Which means that the target tenant probably doesn't look like it does right now. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Okay, so we all know that San Francisco has had its fair share of problems with gentrification. But there is one neighborhood in the city that seems to resist it, the Tenderloin. This week's Bay Curious podcast explores why the Tenderloin seems to have resisted change when the rest of San Francisco hasn't. Subscribe to Bay Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.